0: brought to you by The Book Exchange. Use code BX4FINAL4 to save 25% in store or online at bookexchangewv.com.
1: Recorded live in Morgantown, West by God, Virginia, and across the world with your hosts, Kevin Jones, John Flowers, and our lovely co-host, Ashley. This is the Final
0: Forecast Podcast.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Final Forecast with me, your host, Jay flo Kevin Jones. Is, I don't know. Like he was sick today.
1: I'm not really not sure. This is nighttime. <laughs> we organized this time specifically so he could be part of this. Bright. Coach Keller yeah. got up early for this, and then uh, Kevin's like, uh, my tummy hurts.
2: It's, it's <laughs> nighttime over there. I never, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how you call off at night, but I never heard it. <laughs> uh, our lovely co host Ash is back. What up? That's not, the, that's not the catchphrase. That's fine.
3: I'm changing it. <laughs> that's me. There you go. It's been so long that I forgot my that's catchphrase. Crazy.
2: So much for marketing and branding, you know. And we have a really special guest with us today, our newest Mountaineer, uh, coach of the women's team. His name is Mark Kellogg, but I call him Clark Kellogg, you know.
0: That's happened before. You won't be the first or the last (laughs) out here.
2: (laughs) So our new head uh, women's basketball coach. Welcome to Morgantown, man. Are you in in town today?
0: I am. Yeah, we're in. uh, Yeah, it's beautiful. It's been actually really nice the last few days, but I am here. I I haven't left since I got here. My family went back, but yeah, I've stayed in Morgantown. We had a recruit here, too, already this weekend, and I had two coaches here that I think have been here a day and two days, and man, we we got that thing done, so we're rocking and rolling. Man,
3: Man, you really hit the ground running.
0: That that would be a true definition of what this has been for the last ten days. Yeah, no question about that one. So, where are you from, Coach? I'm in Dallas, Texas, Richardson, Texas, suburb of Dallas. If you're familiar originally, and then my coaching career has taken me all over the country, I guess. But
2: originally, Texas. Yeah, that's that's what I'm interested in. I'm I'm interested in you know just knowing about how you got into coaching. Were you a former player or?
0: Yeah, um, I played Division three basketball. So small school was a had a really good Division three career. I was gonna walk on at TCU back in the day, and Billy Tubbs was the coach. And then uh, he actually, actually Moaiba was the coach, and then he got let go, and Billy Tubbs came in, and that probably pretty much ended the, the thinking that I was ever gonna go try <laughs> to walk on at TCU. And <laughs> Tubbs took over. That probably was not gonna be a great fit. So. Ended up going to a school called Austin College up in Sherman, Texas, and really had a great career my senior year. I was a finalist for the Division Three Player of the Year and, mm-hmm. and just really had a great experience, and that's what kind of got me into coaching. Started um, on the men's side as a GA at West Texas A&M, which is a Division Two school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I got right in the women's side early and was at Montana State for four years. I lived in Durango, Colorado at Fort Lewis College. That's where I started as a head coach, and then Northwest Missouri for a year back to West Texas A&M on the, to be the women's head coach, and then Stephen F. Austin the last Steven eight. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah quite the path. Saw, that's that's yeah. awesome,
2: man. Uh, i will be remiss to say that, uh, you know, you took one of my jobs that Baker was supposed to give me, uh, came in and, and took my AD job, and now he won't hire me as a alumni liaison, and now the women's basketball coach job that I wanted, he wouldn't give to me. So welcome, congrats Dang. to that. I mean,
0: Let's see if we can't work something out right yeah. now. Give me a little time, you know, give me a little <laughs> bit of time, and I'll see if I can get in his ear for you.
2: Maybe you're hiring me as, like, a, a ball boy or manager or
0: something. I'll just yeah depends on, on what that. you require from a pay perspective but yeah we might be able to work something out.
3: <laughs> see that's what john wants he's I'm looking for the more, most pay yeah, the with the least amount of work yeah i didn't know where he was <laughs> yeah. going with
0: that but uh, might be able to work something out nah.
3: that's it. But
0: I, what, do you,
2: is it a big difference between uh texas little morgantown how are you liking it up here so far
0: no, it's been great. Uh, honestly, and I said this through the process, Na- I was in Nacogdoches, Texas, is where Stephen F. Austin is. And about 30,000 people, pretty rural. Mm-hmm. No, you know, we don't even have an interstate that goes through Nacogdoches. Houston was about <laughs> two and a half hours away and Dallas three hours away. So that's as close as it got to a big city. Mm-hmm. So I do see some similarities between Morgantown. Morgantown feels a lot bigger, probably just because there's, what, 30,000 students, I think, are close to here Mm -hmm. and Stephen F. Austin wasn't nearly that big so feels a little bit bigger here but no I think it's the right time of the year too because it's the weather's been really nice so I haven't (laughs) haven't experienced a winter in Morgantown yet but uh these (laughs) next few months will be great because this is when you pay for it in Texas is in the summer
3: right yeah with all that heat I actually lived in San Antonio for about four years and uh, I know what you mean it's like it gets really hot
0: yeah, that East Texas humidity with all those pine trees and moisture, mm-hmm. it can get pretty nasty in the summer. Now, it's obviously, it's great in the winter, but not so much, you know, June, July, August is, whew, yep, exactly. air conditioning and experience
3: Yeah, way to experience the winter, though, here in Morgantown, which it hasn't been too bad recently, except we this ice like slush ice it's no fun but you'll eventually experience yeah
0: it'll be i mean i lived in bozeman montana for four years and oh, i swear shoot. it snowed i bet we had like 18 feet of snow piled up <laughs> and then i lived at eight thousand feet elevation in durango colorado so that was Ooh. we i've been in some snow and cold before we'll be all right
3: all right there we go then you're well seasoned you're ready for this yeah oh yeah yeah i love it yeah i don't
2: know if you uh found a house yet i know they probably hooked you up with a, a real estate agent but i'm a real estate i mean i was a real estate agent my wife is a real estate agent <laughs> here we go you know so i mean when he comes here he's acting like a nice guy he won't hire me as a real estate agent he won't put me on to you know the, co- the coach is coming in but my my wife's a real estate agent and just speaking of you know the cold winners and stuff we can put you in the, the right spot if you need to
0: yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No. We're we're in that house hunting process a little bit now. My wife sends me homes every once in a while. You know, like, hey, you need to go check this out, or drop what you're doing to go look at this real quick. And yeah, that's the drop process. Our doing. house went on the market. Try to find one here. Yeah, it's we're navigating quite a bit. But, yeah. Drop what you the doing. search is real.
2: Yeah, man. Have mm. you
0: uh run the coach hugs
2: in the in the practice facility?
0: Just uh, one. I met him on the day of my press conference, and then we both had a recruit this weekend, so we were kind of navigating through the practice facility right, one day. Right. So yeah, no, that's really been about it so far. I think we've both been been fairly busy.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know his his relationship with the last coach that was here. She was. I liked Coach Don. Uh, she was cool. She came in for one year. She really. She was a really good coach. Uh, I liked her coaching style. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully you and her can get along and don't you know. But has, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll be okay. I don't think I'm that hard of a guy to to get along with. I mean the,
2: the 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 main thing I see with different schools is like gym time. You don't have to worry about that, like scheduling gym time and like sharing the floor because we have the practice facility for for practice and stuff. But have right. you run into yeah, that at, uh, at any other schools?
0: You got any advice for me then on dealing with hugs or like anything that I'm supposed to be looking out <sighs> for? You <laughs> I don't know.
2: I really don't know. He's oh, just a, right. he's, he's a, <laughs> you got nothing. He's a big softy, man. He's he's just
0: he puts on. I've heard that yeah. before. I mean, everybody kind of keeps saying that, that <laughs> his persona is like what it is, but deep down, he's like a teddy bear. Yeah, he's a, he's a teddy
2: bear. Mm-hmm.
1: He
0: loves loves West John's Virginia.
1: probably the last person to ask for help with hugs because <laughs> John got in all kinds of trouble with hugs throughout his time. I don't. I don't think so. I
2: mean, with Twitter.
3: I know, really.
1: The big
2: the Twitter. It's the only thing I have to worry about, but. <laughs> Yeah, you
3: know that's a, that's Ashbrook. a good. Oh yeah, the Ashbrook thing. But that's actually a good Everybody's thing ranks. to mention to Coach Kellogg is like, how do you navigate that with navigate that with your players now, with social media being as big as it is? Do you tell your players like, hey, be mindful before you post things?
0: We do. Uh, we, yeah, we have a whole social media education now. How, if Ooh. they follow that or not is a whole different. Um, ball game but yeah i mean i think the hard part when you're when you're part of something that's bigger than yourself even though you think you're posting an individual post it does represent more than just you um you know and so that's what we try to just talk about is it's still you and once you have your personality and now with nil and social media all Mm -hmm. of that you know they they're influential in what they do they're trying to create a brand and there's nothing wrong with that um but just yeah certainly be mindful and you know, when you're trying to get jobs and stuff too, they do full on social media background checks. I mean, I had to fill, I had to give them all of my social media accounts when I got this job and they were going to go through and do a background check on every one of my social media accounts. So wow. you know, like we tell them that, and I think they don't think it's serious, but I'm like, yeah, no, I like, I just went through this and that was a part of it. And mm-hmm. I had to fill out every one of my social media, you know, handles, I guess. And then they would go and, and look through it. So okay. that's a real thing. And we just don't want anything, any silly, choice now to affect them down the line.
2: But nah, that's that's awesome though, man. I mean, that just shows that you, you care about them offi- outside of the basketball, you know what I mean? Outside of the court. And that's what a lot of these these young athletes need is just coaching outside of the court, you know what I mean? I'm a financial advisor, I work for Edward Jones. That's why I'm not a real estate agent anymore, but, but we talked about the, the NIL stuff and just coaching them on how to manage their money and all that stuff, like, cause I could only imagine what I would've did with kind of this NIL money. When I was in school now it just blew it all, but I,
0: yes life life skill stuff right exactly. that we did we we probably didn't get very much of, I didn't get much of that anyway, <laughs> and then you get thrown out in the real world and oh, yeah. You know, you don't have it. So whether that's social media or you know, I've even started bringing in you know different community people from maybe it's a somebody that works at the bank and we talk about getting a loan and you know home loans or car. Or, I mean, just any of those life experiences, you know, like that they're going to need. And I won't get on my big tangent, but like I think every kid should have to get some sort of business degree in college. Like maybe it's a minor in business. Right. But eventually, you're going to make money, and we don't know what how to do it, or we don't know how to manage it because you know, we just go take elective classes that don't really pertain to what we're going to do down the line. But I would be an advocate of instead of taking those classes, let's start putting them in money management and home loans and economics and finance and, you know, start that early because it took me forever and I'm still not very good at it. But, um, (laughs) you know, I didn't have any of that, you know, through my college career early on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There's actually uh, rumors that I think it was here in West Virginia, they were talking about making it mandatory for high school students to take a financial literacy course, which I think is brilliant. We should have been doing that a long time ago.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Agree.
2: That's, that's really why I got into uh, being a financial advisor just to learn about money and how it works. And then because I play basketball overseas, and a lot of those guys mm-hmm. don't have like retirement accounts and like saving, account, saving plans and stuff like that. So to be able to just give back and help with those people is big time man. So, um, for sure but speaking of coach hugs though we all know he has a very unique coaching style do you kind of coach like that or what's what's your coaching style i'm just interested, interested in hearing what's your coaching style is.
0: yeah i think there, there actually might be some i alluded in the press conference even we're not press virginia and i don't want to you know <laughs> use this tagline or anything like that but we do press right. um mm-hmm. so I mean, the defensive concepts really, and this is our base defense, is on a made basket or a dead ball, we run a 2-2-1, two, two, three-quarter court press. Mm. So we'll, we're going to come at you. Uh, we will turn you over. A couple of years ago at, at SFA, we led the nation in turnover forced. We're pretty much always about top 15 or 20 in the country in turnovers forced. Ooh. We do play some zone behind that, but we're really active in that zone. So we're still we're going to turn you over in the zone. We're going to trap you. We're going to try to get tips, deflections. Mm. I call them pick sixes like football, like I want the long pass steal, go lay it up, pick six, you know. So we, we talk about pick sixes in our defense and then play man on misses. Um, so changing up our defense, trying to keep the offense off balance as much as possible. Um, again, that's the base. We can change it based on who we play. If we want to slow you down in that 2, two one we can do that as well. But ideally, we were going to come at you. We're going to make you uncomfortable. Um, you know, just take some of the coaches' playbook out of the equation, I guess, a little bit. And I think it's really hard to prepare for on a short turnaround. So when you get in the NCAA tournament or conference tournament, you got one day to prepare for all of that. It becomes Mm -hmm. pretty difficult. Um, And then on the offensive end, kind of mostly four out, one in. It's a Mm motion-based offense. Now it's all interchangeable. The one in doesn't – you know, we'll run somebody to the rim, but after that it's kind of – it's motion, it's true motion, so if you want to post up, you can post up. A couple years ago our second best three-point shooter was our five player, so she would screen her way out of the paint pretty quickly and never enter the paint again, (laughs) the rest of the possession. But that was her skill set, Um, and that's what it's allowed us to do, is we don't have to pigeonhole any kid into being a certain, you know, you don't have to play a certain way, just what do you do well? Um, I really like him to score at two of the three levels, and if we can get all the players to be able to score at all three levels on the court, then now I think you're just really, really hard to guard.
2: So, I mean, from the I don't know if you know the coach before Coach Don P was Coach Mike Carey. He was more of a he's more enthusiastic, more of a screamer, yeller, like, uh motivating the, his his team that way. Um and Coach Don P was the exact opposite. You know, she was more uplifting and and it's okay, you know what I mean? <laughs> so what what kind of mm-hmm. what kind of in terms of that, what kind of coaching style do you have there? Are you more of a screamer? Are
0: we gonna see you riled up on the sidelines or? I would say right in the middle between – I know both of them. And I've played against Dawn twice wow. the last few years, yeah. so familiar with Dawn and her style. And not quite there, probably not Coach Carey, <laughs> so I'm going to go, like, right in the middle. Um, I, I can get riled up, but I don't – not – it's not not a lot. Yeah. You know, no, normally it's kind of more I want to be the consistent guy. I've kind of talked about that in leadership. I want to be there every day. I want to be the same guy. Like I always hate when you have to, like – Walk out on the court and everybody's looking at the head coach to figure out like what kind of mood are they in or are they having a good day or a bad day and then thinking that's going to dictate how practice goes or Mm -hmm. the prep, you know, I don't want to be I want to be like where they don't ever like I walk in and it's not like all eyes turn to me that day to figure out, you know, what is this going to look like (laughs) so they could pretty much know every day what coach Kellogg's like I'm going to try to flatline this. You know, now there'll be emotion, and they were trying to get me to dance the other day. I was like, guys, I'm going to dance after a good win on the road. We'll go have fun. (laughs) Like, I'm going to dance, right? It won't be very good, but I'll have fun with you, right? But like right now, like, let's get to work right now. We got a little work to do, and then let's (laughs) let the fun happen, you know, down the road. So time and place, time and place. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Let's talk about your, you have a couple new assistant coaches that were just announced.
0: I do. Yeah, so two so far. Um, still got one to go. Um, mm-hmm. But Jessica Grayson is one of those. Jessica Grayson and I worked together for five years at Stephen F. Austin, and she was there okay. kind of early to help build it. Um, she was a part of our first championship, and then Oklahoma State stole her from me um, from there. So now I stole her. I got her back. To <laughs> I got her back, yeah. At, at West Virginia. But just familiarity. And she, if you, when you get the chance to meet her, I am talking. This is energy, 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 nonstop. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. As genuine of a person, though, as you could possibly imagine, almost gives to everybody else too much. Like I'll tell her, like, coach, you need to go take care of yourself, right? (laughs) Because she's such a giver. It will always be about everybody else. And then she'll kind of forget to take care of herself. She's just that type of a person and just a, a really good basketball coach, too. So excited to get back with her. And then Aaron Grant um, is the other one. Aaron Grant played at Texas Tech, was drafted WNBA by, the, by Seattle back in the day, all-time assist leader, I believe, still at Tech and maybe even in the Big 12. I mean, she was a really, really good basketball player. Played professionally for a year or so, maybe two total years, one over, I think, in Sweden and then one in the, in the W and then kind of started her coaching career. So she's been at UT Arlington to Memphis, New Mexico, USC, Southern Cal, um, and then most oh, wow. recently at Arizona. So she's coming from the University of Arizona to join us here. So, yeah, really excited about Aaron and Jessica. They'll be they'll be really
1: great for us. John, I don't know if you heard that, but there is a third spot on the coaching staff, I think you hinted at there. So over,
3: over Don't encourage him, Dave. Yeah,
1: I'm on, I'm on comment <laughs>
3: myself. I won't
2: come in and mess up. That's why I always think about coaching women's basketball, though. I mean, I really just don't have the patience to coach, you know, period. Period. (laughs) So I mean, (laughs) women's basketball would be kind of different. I don't know if you coached men's basketball before, but, um, I did. Yeah. yeah, Do do you find a big difference in coaching women's basketball and men's basketball as far as personalities and managing the players?
0: Yeah, that's where it's different. I mean, basketball really is basketball. Now you do miss some athleticism, of course, with the guys, right? right? right. Um, Mm -hmm. so you, you do, you, you certainly miss that piece, but, with guys, it's so ego driven and with girls, it's so personality driven, right? And mm-hmm. emotional attack, like the emotional side, right? Guys, I always, like guys think they're so much better than they are. And you, so you've got to like <laughs> break them down to build them back up. Like, but their egos don't allow them, you know, so you are breaking them down, breaking them down and eventually you build them back right. up. Like the, you know, when you're coaching women, it's not, it's, it's a little bit more emotional personality based, you know, how do you make me feel? um, you know, and, and you're spending a lot of time building those, you know, you don't have to break them down a whole lot, right? You're just essentially building them up and showing them value and letting them know how much you love them. And then they're, they're fantastic. What I don't deal with though, is 2am phone calls. Cause they're out doing something that they're probably not supposed to do very often. They tend to make a little bit better grades than the men. Our GPAs typically are always better. Um, you know, so some of that type of stuff, I probably off the court stuff. I don't feel like I deal with probably nearly as much as Perhaps on the men's uh, side.
2: Okay. That's cool, cool. So you're 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 mentally prepared for this job. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, we're good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was gonna say I was looking at your win loss record is very impressive, and the past few years at Stephen F. Austin have been extremely successful. What is your secret? What like what is it?
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a sustained success is a term that I use quite a bit, and I think that's really hard to do in collegiate sports, right? It seems to be very cyclical, right? Somebody's good mm-hmm. for a couple of years, maybe they drop off, you know, there's just very few on the men's and women's basketball side that are just historically really, really good all the time. And so that's the goal for us is, is how do we sustain success? Now, I think that's changed a little bit here with this NIL and now with the Portal, Right. We're changing that a little bit because I was really just before all of this, I was a I would recruit program type kids, meaning kids that were in our program for three or four years was the ideal situation. You have a senior class that graduates. Now your sophomores have been in your system for two years. They take over and it would just be it was just I mean, it was a cycle. Right. And we would just roll it through. And so we would graduate a good class. But then literally our freshmen and sophomores were ready to roll and they would step in from day one and just take over. And so we just we just had it going. Well, now the portal kind of messed that up a little bit because now these kids are not, you know, they can just, there's a way out a little bit quicker. They get a little too antsy. Um, mm-hmm. They want to go jump. They don't want to wait as much. You know, if they don't play early, then okay, maybe we need to look for something else. Um, and then now NILs just put a whole nother twist on that. So still program kids. I like kids that are in our system for multiple years. I do think that's how you, you know, character culture, those types of things. I think when you're turning that over all the time, that's a little difficult with 18 okay. to 22 year olds. Mm, right. um, so again, multiple years is still better for us. But I think we have to learn in how to navigate the, the, the portal because I do think that's pretty important, and I think teams are going to stay old now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the Final Four just a couple weeks ago, and they were talking; they were looking at the statistics um, on the portal. And so, from year from last year to the year before, freshman women's basketball players was down 450 players, so 450 fewer freshmen signed to play Division One basketball. Holy cow! Transfers were up 550. What? So from one year to the next, 450 fewer freshmen had an opportunity to play and 550 more transfers from one year to the next.
1: Mm. So it's different.
0: This is different. Freshmen are losing out on opportunities. Transfers are taking over. I think people are coaches are trying to stay old. Right. And stay Mm -hmm. kind of transfer heavy, meaning old. Um, but I still want some of these freshmen. So I don't know, does that allow you to maybe get a better freshman if you choose to go that route, right? Because there's not right. there's, not, there's sure. not as many. So now maybe you get a higher caliber freshman that other programs have missed on. So I think that's something that's kind of interesting and important for me to keep an eye on um, that I would like to look at, um, but still trying to stay relevant in the board. So what do you
2: tell those mm. freshmen that, that are being replaced by, you know, transfer portal guys? Like say you're recruiting a freshman that's good, but you need an older player that's already been there. What was what do you tell those those players to do right now? Would you tell them to go to JUCO
0: or? No well. I mean, ideally, if I like them, I still tell them to stay here and let's keep work. Like let's keep working. And then right. I think it's just really being honest with these kids and showing them the path to playing time. Right. I don't know that we do a good enough job at times showing them the path to playing time. And I just think you have to be honest. Now there has to be a patience level from them too to maybe wait but I think you're on to a good point is if you keep taking portal kids every year, how do the freshmen ever see their way into that path? Right. Cause you just, they're always going to feel like they're getting replaced. And so I don't like, that's the heart. That's the part we're trying to again, navigate right now is what is that balance and what do we do with these freshmen? Cause I do want them. And I think they're too important and you get them for multiple years if they'll stay. Um, but again, getting them to stay and be patient is not very easy.
3: No kidding. I-
2: Are you uh, nervous about playing in the Big 12? I mean, this this is a bigger stage than Stephen F. Austin, like, as far as...
0: Yeah, bigger stage. uh, Nervous, probably not. Prepared, I guess. I feel like I'm prepared for this. I mean, you know, we beat some... We beat Power 5. We beat two Power 5 school last year at Stephen F. We were in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago, and... Two, three years ago now, we play Georgia Tech. We're up 17 at half against Georgia Tech. We're up going into the fourth. We have the ball to beat them. Last possession, tie game to beat them. Miss of just a layup to beat Georgia Tech in the first round. End up getting beaten overtime. They end up beating West Virginia the next round to go to the Sweet 16. If oh, wow. um, we followed up a year later, play North Carolina, same thing. Lead after one. Lead at half. Lead after three. And just couldn't close the door. North Carolina goes on to play in the Sweet 16. So I feel like we've had teams, we've been at this level, we've been a top 50, 60 program at SFA. So what I've said through the whole thing is now I get to recruit with that flying WV on my chest that's a national brand, and I've never had that. And so that's what excites me is now, can we get that next level kid, put our system in place, which obviously works based on who we were playing and beating and those types Mm -hmm. of things. And so we feel good. So yeah, I think we beat Arizona State by 17 this year, beat Boston College by 14 maybe. Um, So you know, had a close game with Gonzaga and got beat late in that one. So I, I just feel like, yeah, we're there. We're we've we've been there. I know the system works. Now let's get some better players and see what it looks like. Talk your talk, coach. Talk your talk, coach. I like it.
2: I like it. You got me hyped up, man. That's, that's impressive, man. But uh, who should we look for this year? I mean, I mean, you you've worked with your team so far. I mean, you inherited a pretty good Don P team. I mean, who should we look for this year? You got any big recruits
0: coming or? Yeah, uh well we I mean four of the five starters are back off of that team. Now there's only six that are coming back. So four but four of the five were starters off that team last year that of course made the tournament got beat mm-hmm. in the first round. So there's a, a good core group of four of those five starters. Now JJ Quinterly led the way, a little guard, yeah. um who's a dynamite little player. So I've only been on, I've been on the court with him 3 days this week, so that's all I've seen, but and they've done a great job. They've picked up on some new concepts and some of this motion stuff that we were already talking about. Um, But Jayla Hemingway was a starter last year who will be pretty good. She was a Mississippi State transfer a few years ago. Kylie Blackston transferred in last year from Colorado and started really as the five. She's probably not technically a five, but they played her as that just I think out of necessity more than anything else. And Kaya Watson is back, so she kind of started at the four. So there's some good pieces there. Tavi Diggs has been around; she was a transfer from TCU. Oh. Um, so really good, p- really good pieces. Messiah Hunter's the last one, and she got hurt. So that's really the six. There's one incoming freshman that will be here. I have two players from SFA coming, um, both all conference kids. Um, Whack MVP. Um, tournament MVP um, will come and then our point guard this year who's just was a dynamite freshman of the year in our league and was really really good for us so um, and then we had this recruit in here um, this weekend can't really say but I feel pretty good about that one too and that's a she'll be a power five transfer that's been an all all conference performer at her previous school so yeah we're um, we feel good
2: Um, we're, we're rolling what we're going what areas do you recruit out the most the D.C. Area
1: or...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the the footprint has been kind of Big 12 territory, kind of that middle, you know, and then I was in the Colorado, so that Rocky Mountain region, and now now we just need to extend it east, right. you know, but I think that's what I love about West Virginia is within six hours, you are within, oh, so many places, and, and really, really good women's basketball mm-hmm. right now, or girls basketball at the high school level, mm-hmm. so that's, we'll, we'll get into that area, too. I mean, we have some connections in those areas already. I just, again, SFA doesn't have that brand that West Virginia is going to have to pull kids from probably the East coast to Nacogdoches, Texas. So, um, but we'll get in on those areas too, but still having that, that big 12 blueprint or footprint for sure.
1: Did you know West Virginia has been its own state since 1863? We're not West Virginia, University of Virginia.
0: We're Dub V baby. We hope you are listening ESPN.
3: We actually have a, can we get into the audience questions, John? Because we have quite a few. Uh, The first one is from uh, Katie.Scott14. She wants to know if we can get Kiki Jefferson from JMU.
0: Yeah. Well, so that's a kid that's in the portal right now that, uh, yeah, we are navigating through that. I'm going to have to be a little careful on what I can say. Um, But she was was definitely, she's a talented basketball player from James Madison that had a really, really good year. Um, so all yeah, all of those portal kids, we are in the pro- we go through it just about daily right now, kind of keep tabs on on who's out there, what's the availability and then what's the interest level. So yeah, she's certainly someone we know about. I'll just leave it at that. And she's she's quite a player.
3: <laughs> awesome. I love that. Uh, we kind of already answered Coach 10's question talking about what type of offense and defense you play. I think you pretty much broke down your style, uh, unless you want to elaborate on that more.
0: Oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, that's pretty much it. I think it will be an exciting... I mean, I like playing it too because it's exciting to watch and it's fun to recruit to, right? Like players see themselves in it, right? And so I really want an above average athlete is ideal to play in this, right? Or you need to have some length, right? If you're not, then I want length or I want above average athleticism. That typically works the best. And then kind of, I talked about the offensive side, really either being able to score at the rim, mid-range or behind the three, that's the three levels and mm-hmm. wanting every player to be able to do two of the three, right? And it doesn't really matter which two you do, right? But do two of the three. And then if we can get as many players that are three-level scores, that's when you've got it, you know, right. you've got it made at that point. So mm-hmm. we'll keep recruiting to that that fits the style that we play.
3: I love that. Uh, where's Waldo 304? Have you had tutors yet? Talking about tutors, Biscuit World.
0: Oh, I have not had that. Um, I have seen that, heard about it a little bit. Um, but I have not been, but yeah, now that you got that back on the forefront of my mind, maybe I'll have to go go check that out. Yeah, it's, it's
2: pretty pretty good. Go. Pretty good place, man. They won't pretty they, good, we, huh? I don't know if we reached out for sponsorship. I'll oh, we did. But <laughs> we'll have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about
1: tutors is that it feels like a whole meal. So if you have it for breakfast, you won't eat till dinner. That's okay. That's wow. true. And
2: they're only open from like eight to twelve or something like that in Morgantown. they have weird hours.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's like a breakfast place pretty mostly. Pretty good though. Yeah. All right. Great biscuits.
0: Duly noted. Thank you.
3: Um, <laughs> the deem ninety or the De- the underscore deem ninety. Excuse me. I don't like the word demand, but he uses the word demand. We demand Kellogg give someone an nil deal.
1: Mm, we're demanding they mean the Kellogg cereal company.
3: Oh, is that what it is? Ke- yeah. Oh, that makes better sense. I was like, why are they demanding <laughs> Coach give someone an nil deal? I'm so confused. Kellogg cereal. I'll okay. take
0: I'll take an nil deal with Kellogg today. <laughs> I got no, can coach, do coaches get an IL deal? I can sign those too, right? Like, we can, that's a good question. We can work out a partnership or something. Yeah. I'm going to have to reach out. Everybody always asks me that too if I'm related to the Kellogg brand. I was like, do you think I would be coaching college basketball if I was related to the Kellogg brand? Like, I think I would be doing something else. Uh, So, no, unfortunately, I'm not.
2: (laughs)
3: That's funny because that was another question we (laughs) had. Uh, I'm sure people do ask you that. that makes all the
2: sense. Time. Though. I mean, oh, I get that one. Basketball, Wheaties,
1: sports—you know, Frosted mm-hmm. Flakes.
3: We do. I could see that.
2: Yeah. I
1: don't know if it's an NIL deal, but you'll eventually have a standy with a Coke Zero and Kroger at some point.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, we went to uh, I guess Bartini's. I think it was called last night for dinner with the recruit, and they named some steaks after the coaches. So there was a there was the Mark Kellogg on on the menu last night. Already. So, Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were quick, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> Yeah, ribeye. It was a ribeye. So, yeah, the ribeye was the mark. Did they even give you a discount on it? I didn't see that bill, and I don't think they did. But
3: that's oh. okay. Oh. <laughs> so they Someone else picked that one up. They must have threw the Dom
2: yeah. steak in the trash. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: I, I like this question. This is a good one. At the Safer Man, what are the differences in the approach that Ren and WVU made in the hiring process versus other athletic directors and programs? Mm.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh I don't know that there was a big I don't know that there was a big difference. Everybody has their little system, you know, and how they go mm-hmm. about it, how you meet, how you talk, how you you know, we got Zooms now, so that's kind of changed. In you know, a way that that looks. Um yeah. you know, I think Ren started. I've heard him say this. Of course, it might be a better question for him, but I think he had his committee and they went through every conference in the country, all 31 leagues and they did with with head coaches and and they did some assistance too but went through Mm -hmm. the head coaches and kind of started from there which ones out of this league look good which ones out of this league look good kind of start to get your list down and then narrow it down whittle it down Mm -hmm. Uh, did those zoom interviews which we did met them um, in dallas actually is where i kind of interviewed with their committee um you know met with the president and then it just kind of kind of goes from there but yeah from the most part it was it was pretty standard there was a search firm involved in this process okay um, so that's really who it ends up going through more than even you know the WBU people
3: mhm i like it um, <clears throat> which is interesting it doesn't surprise me that ren did that we actually interviewed him and he talked a lot about how he's an analytics guy so <laughs> I can see the spreadsheets right now of like how he broke down. Okay, this this is the person we need to get. He's got a great record for this, this, this and that. So I'm not surprised by that. <clears throat> what is your favorite part about coaching women's hoops versus coaching men's mm. since you've done both?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's been so long now that I coached men. Um, you know, the best part about the men is the just the athleticism and things you can do with that level of an athlete. I mean, that's just what we don't have. Now, the female athlete has gotten so much better in my 20-plus years. I mean, we're at a completely different place right now. I think the women's game is, is as strong as it's ever been. I think playing off this Final Four and the star power that that had has been great for our sport uh but you know the favorite part is always the relationships and that's that's the best part Um, and Mm -hmm. they last you know they do they will last a while Um, but you got to win you know relationships are great but if you don't win then those relationships sometimes aren't nearly as good and the culture and the environment's not as good so having success goes a long way um, but yeah, I just when you get back together years later, that's that's pretty cool, too, when you get to sit around and just talk about the experiences. And, you know, for me, it's females and they go on to have families and get, you know, get married and do those types of things. That's that's pretty neat, too. But you get to watch them come in as young bucks at 18 and they mature a little bit at 22 and then they change as you keep going. Um, but I think yeah. if we do it right and we develop the great culture and, have, you know, then it just takes care of itself. I like it. Does your, does your <clears throat> daughter play basketball? She does, yeah. She's actually a really good. Uh, she's like a top thirty kid in the country uh, right now at her age. So she's an eighth grader, right? it will be a ninth grader next year. Oh, wow. So she um, on the she's on the EYBL. So she plays for Pro Skills, yeah. Nike EYBL fifteen U team right now. So so I have uh, two daughters.
2: Um, I don't want to force them into playing basketball, but I want them to play basketball. How was you? <laughs> you give me some tips on on what you did or. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, mine was just in a gym early. We didn't force it either. They were just around the game, right? And I think they will follow your passion. If that's your passion, I think then kids will typically just follow the passion that their parents have. My wife played collegiate basketball also. So we've been – we just – that's what we know. It's what we do. Our kids have have grown up. So my son plays also. So it's just a basketball family. But we didn't force it. And they played all the other sports. I would still encourage everybody don't just – Don't start them in just, don't sports specialize them at such a young age. Let them figure it all out. All those sports are good, Um, you know, early on. Some of my best defensive players are former soccer players. Their condition, they understand angles, their footwork is great. Like, I think that's a great carryover. Timing on block shot, volleyball for women, right? Timing, Mm -hmm. block shots, rebounding, some of my best shot block people. So I've been able to correlate certain sports, you know, along the way, like watching a kid play. I'm like, I guarantee you that kid's played soccer. I guarantee you that girl's a former volleyball player. Um, So there is carryover. So yeah, just let them play everything, but keep that basketball close by too. (laughs) We'll be
1: practicing there this summer for our Best Virginia alumni team. So you'll have to come over and uh, start to recruit uh, John's daughter, Violet, who on his Instagram has been Pretty good at the uh, the old hoops at your house, John. With that little little basket. Yeah, she's all right.
2: I'm a, I should get into soccer. I mean, that's that's, that's good news. I mean, finally, I mean, she's been she <laughs> in soccer one year, but it, it doesn't make sense at this age. But I mean, right, like, looking at Dave, all the things you just said, like athleticism and jumping, and I, I don't. <laughs> can you look at Dave and tell me like, we don't see it. I, I would have <laughs> never thought. That. I will
1: I will have you know, John, that we won the over thirties <laughs> outdoor league just a few years ago. <laughs> And it was very competitive because you have old men that have bad marriages that take it out on you and (laughs) they like want to fight for some reason. And it was competitive. So, yeah. Um, So, Coach Kellogg, I have a question for you. Um, One of the things that W's really tried to do is fill up the Coliseum for women's games. So, Mm -hmm. you mentioned uh, carrying on the success of the Final Four and there were 10 million viewers for that. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you like to say to like the fans to come out and check the games or... What do you think will help fill the Coliseum and, and give the women's team the support they deserve?
0: Yeah, well, good question. I appreciate it for sure. I, I think it it's several fold in women's basketball. Yeah, we, we need to play off of all the excitement right now in the women's game. Um, mm-hmm. We want to play an exciting brand that brings people there. We need a connection a lot of times with fans and women's basketball in particular, right? So we need to get out and be seen in the community to develop that. Right. right, I think a lot of times women people support the women's sports because of that personal connection, not just because of the high flying dunking athleticism that you might just see in the men's game. So we need to continue to develop that personal connection and then we need do need to have success. Like let's be real, right? People want to support a winner. It sounds like the fans here, right, the Mountaineer fans will support teams that are having success. And so yes. we want to give them that product which I think will get them out. In turn, they'll know our players will be visible to them, right, and start that connection. And so I think through all of that, hopefully that's what happens, and they enjoy the way we play, right? And we have good kids with good character. They represent our state and our program um, in a first-class manner. And I think if you do all of those things, then I'm pretty confident that this passionate fan base will be there to support them. I love that. Well, uh,
3: because by the way, it's long overdue for people to support the women's team. Just saying to anyone out there listening, if you haven't been to a women's game, just go go check it out. You won't be disappointed, I promise.
2: Coach, I don't know if you have any saying this about like the atmosphere that's cr- created okay. at the women's games, or like if you have any saying, like what can go on as far as entertainment and all that stuff. But I mean, I would make it like a club like experience, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know yet. Yeah, we haven't met on that. They did bring that up the other day, though, that we need to sit down and figure out what, you know, kind of what's the plan is and what we want to achieve next year. I think it's 50 years to this coming up year. This will be the 50th anniversary of women's basketball at WVU. Um, so we need to put some stuff together for that too I know that was part of what they were talking about in the planning process so Mm -hmm. yeah but I do agree I mean one of the best environments we play I don't have you seen Grand Canyon University's environment that they've done there in Phoenix if you haven't like you should google it they have the Havocs and just google their environment they've created something unbelievable in their women I think I saw that yeah I
2: think I saw yeah
0: men's and women's Bryce Drew's the coach right now on the men's side Mm -hmm. Um, you know but anyway like it can be done right it can be done and Uh, And I don't know, we need to get student support. That feels like that's been lacking over, I mean, a lot of different places the last few years, probably since COVID. So somehow trying to re-engage some of the students here and see if we can't get them there.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you, Coach, man. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, I apologize for Kevin Jones not being here. He's a Hall of Famer, so he doesn't (laughs) have to. Doing it. <laughs> That's
3: right, he's above us now. He's That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna hate that we said that. Uh,
0: well, I appreciate you guys having me. This was fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I look forward to meeting you guys soon. If I can ever do anything for anybody, please let me know, but certainly appreciate it and looking forward to being a member. I'll be around.
2: You'll yes. probably see me around at the practice facility. Uh, Hugs does a really good job with the alumni being able to come back and use the facilities and stuff, so you'll see me around okay. probably more than you want to. <laughs>
1: All right, come say hello. In about three months, we'll be there, John, with the alumni team for the basketball tournament. So maybe that's a chance the women's team could come and support our guys there and be exposed to the TBT as well. Yeah, that'd be really cool.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. I look forward to that.
2: Yep. so uh, appreciate you. Thanks, Dave, for putting this
1: together. Finally did something right. (laughs) You know, aside from my soccer skills, sometimes I can, you know, organize an interview. Okay. (laughs)
2: Well, this has been another episode of final forecast with me your host jay flow uh i'm not gonna read my titles uh ash that's me <laughs> and super producer dave i'm here coach Kellogg, good luck man appreciate you coming Yay. on all right thanks
0: everybody